Brandon had to show off his pipes, didn't he? Had to. Had to go sleeveless. I was going to go do that. I didn't want to embarrass him. But anyways, I'm so glad you're here. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike. Are y'all glad to be here this morning? We are so glad. So glad you're here. It, uh, it was a great start at our 930 service, and I know 11 o'clock is going to be awesome. So I want you to do me a favor. Go ahead and take out your uh, worship guides if you've got the little sermon note sheet. Uh, or go to the North Star apps, probably the easiest way to follow along. North Star Church, Georgia in the app store gives you all the layout of the day. And today we're gonna begin our brand new series called Game Changers. I love great teams. I love to study them. I love to learn about them. I love to see what makes them tick. It was funny, I was coming down this morning after getting here early this morning, these were the, the books I had on my desk beside me about teamwork because there's just something about it. When you are around a great team, you know it. It feels different. There's a chemistry president, and I got to be a part of a great state championship run with a high school a few years ago. It was a lot of fun, and you could, you could, it was palatable. There was something about it. Everybody, by the end of the season, was right in the right spot. Then in 2012 and 2008, I started doing work with the Atlanta Falcons and uh, was a visiting chaplain with them. I'd go down two or three times a year. And I remember it was 2012, and they won, they won the game that they had to win to go to the NFC Championship game. And we were watching, and they won the game. They beat, I believe it was the Seahawks. They beat, and I remember like an hour later, my phone rings, and it was the chaplain of the team. And he said, would you consider, would you pray about coming to speak to the Falcons the night before the NFC Championship game and being a man of prayer, I thought I should pray about it. I did, and I said, amen, yes, I'd, be, I'd love to. All right, I'd love to. Why? Because I love being around great teams. There's just something about it. There's something about it. And what you find is, it's a group of individuals who come together to make something better together than they ever could be alone. The greatest team ever created was not a sports team. The greatest team I believe God's ever put together was the church. Paul in the book of Romans talks about this team. And he talks about how this team functions, how this team works, and how this team comes together. Romans chapter 12 is a, a treatise in teamwork. It's a treatise in what makes things function and what makes things work and what makes things come together. This, this was written, Paul's probably been walking with the Lord about 20 years. He's in Corinth. He's riding back to Rome, hearing he may never get back there. And so he writes, this, them, writes them this letter in Romans 12. Would y'all stand with me today in honor of reading God's word together? Paul says this, because of the privilege and authority in verse three that God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Don't have an exaggerated view of yourself. Don't look in the mirror and go, wow, humanity is really lucky to have me. All right, that's basically what Paul's saying. Listen to what he goes on and says. 
Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us, right? What he was saying to this early church is, don't look at your gifts and abilities and go, look at me. In fact, you look at your gifts and abilities and go, look at the Lord, because we are all, you'll fill in the blank, we are all saved by what? It's a gift. It's a gift. God wanted you on the team. Yes or no question. Could God have done this without us? Yes or no? Yes. He just chose to do it with us. That's what he means there. Just as our bodies have many parts, in each part a special function, so it is with Christ's body, the church. We are many parts of one body, and this is the fascinating part, and we all belong to fill in the blank. You are better together than you are by yourself. You are stronger as a team when the team works together. It's not one person, it's the function of the group. Look at what he goes on to say. In his grace, God has given us different gifts, doing certain things well, for doing certain things well. So if God's given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as he's given you. If your gift's serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach them well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you a leadership ability, take responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Never be lazy but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Would y'all pray with me? God, the church was your idea. Your son told his disciples and those early followers that the gates of hell would never prevail against the church. Father, here we sit 2,000 years later in Compass and in the theater and True North and the patio and all the people that are watching online this morning, and we are a part of that church, the global church, not the little C church. We're part of the global church. Father, today we just ask that you speak to us. Father, we ask that you use this time to help us be who you created us to be. Father, we give it to you and we give you permission to use us now. Speak to us now. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Turn around and find somebody around you and thank them for being here this morning, would you? Well, football is in the air. Would y'all give a huge round of applause and thank you to the North Cobb High School drumline for being here this morning. They were so awesome. There's nothing like, I didn't play football, but I love it, man. You hear the drumline, you're like, oh yeah, it's coming, right? All the teams are getting ready. I went to a local high school scrimmage the other night. Tonight at five o'clock, we've got the Kennesaw State University Owl football team that's gonna be here for dinner 
FYI, they consume a lot of food, by the way. But anyway, so they're gonna be here tonight at five o'clock. That's a tradition that started their very first year as a program. They get ready, they get done with all their fall practices and they join us at North Star. It's an awesome night. And I'll get to speak to them tonight on traits of great teams. A lot of what we're talking about this week, I'll be with a high school football team. Why? Because everybody's gearing up. And here's what I know when I walk in a locker room or I walk in a room like tonight, there's some, there's some really, really good kids and there's some kids in there that may not be as good as others. But when everybody gets in the right spot, the team functions right. And sometimes it's not game one, they're in that spot. Sometimes it's game nine, they're like, oh, if we move this person here, that's when we work, whether it's soccer or baseball or basketball or football or whatever, lacrosse, whatever it is, when you get them in the right place and everybody's doing their thing, it works. Today, as we talk about what it means to be a game changer, I've noticed one thing. Game changers are the ones that give up their abilities to bless others, and that's what we're gonna talk about. So what do we need to do to be a game changer and get in the right position, ready? Number one, get your mind right. Get your mind right. Paul just goes right at it. Paul goes right at it here in Romans chapter 12. Paul says this, don't think you're better than you really are. All right, time out real quick. I want you to write a little uh, three letters above that passage. Ready? E-G-O. What's that spell? Ego. How many of y'all have ever met somebody, you've worked with them, you were teammates with them, and they had a really, really large ego? Raise your hand. How many of y'all dreaded being near that person? Raise your hand. You're like, Mike, I've never met somebody with a big ego. It's you. All right, it's you. Just FYI, just not to let you know a little secret. Ego. Right? I mean, they're the people that really think a lot of themselves. They think that nothing can happen without them. One of the greatest things we ever do is remind ourselves, and here's the phrase I want you to write down, it's not about us. This whole passage is saying it's not about you. The day that you met Jesus and the day you said yes to Jesus all of a sudden, it wasn't about you anymore. It's about the people that don't know Jesus. God left us here to help them find their way, to use our gifts to help them. Get your mind right. If you've ever met an athlete whose mind wasn't right, I mean, they, they lose, they, they uh, don't perform well, they don't position well, they don't get in the right spots, because they get their mind on stuff, and I didn't get enough catches, I didn't get enough throws, I didn't get enough, I didn't get enough touches. You're not running to my side of the ball. Oh, I've heard it all. Get your mind right. And Paul said, listen, to this church at Rome, it's not about you. It's not about you. I have watched ego, and ego has a best friend. And this best friend goes everywhere with ego. And the best friend's name is Pride, right? They're, they're, like, they're running buddies. And when ego and pride show up, I've watched them destroy teams. I've watched them destroy organizations. And I've watched them destroy churches. See, ego says, 
It's about me and what I need. Ego walks in on a Sunday morning and, and sees placards for first-time guests and goes, somebody's taking up good seats and they will move. It's the craziest thing. They'll move first-time guest things and put them under and go, well, really, that seat's for me. That would never happen at North Star, would it? But anyways, so that's what ego does, what pride does. I don't like the music. I don't like whatever. I mean, there's all, all kinds of things that go with that. It's ego. You know what's crazy? It's crazy to think that ego can creep its way in a church or an organization and destroy it from the inside out. So Ritz Carlton in their, in their customer service training, they say when they hire a new employee, their number one thing to keep a great culture in an organization is you've got to keep them away from the cave people. And I was like, what, what cave, what's cave stand for? Constantly against virtually everything. That's what cave people are, right? Those are ego people. If it's not their idea, it's a bad idea. Paul is telling the early church, listen, be honest in your evaluation. You are good at something, but you're not good at everything. You've got a piece of the team, but you aren't the team. How many of y'all would say, Mike, if I knew there was somebody walking in the doors of North Star and they needed a seat, I would give them my seat in two seconds and stand on a wall. Raise your hand if that's true of you. It's one of the reasons I love this church. Because this church is about who's not here, not just about who is here. We have to get our minds right. Paul goes right after it. Why? Because Paul knew if that church was going to function and that church was going to be all it was created to be, if it was going to be the organism and the team that God created it, they had to get their minds right and they had to remember it wasn't about them. So what do they need to do? And I want you to write this in your notes. They've got to get the mind of Christ. If anybody deserved to have an ego, it was Jesus. When Jesus walked in a room, was anybody in the room better than Jesus? Yes or no? No. Was anybody as smart as Jesus? Yes or no? No. But yet Jesus had no ego. Now listen to what Philippians tells us. Don't be selfish. Just right up on the screens. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others better than yourselves. How many coaches are in the room? Raise your hand if you're a coach. There's about coaches all over the room. You find a, a team who thinks of others better than themselves, you're gonna have a great season. Even if you don't win every game, you're gonna enjoy it. It's just a selfless team. Don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others. You must, listen to what he says, have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. Though he was God, he didn't think of equality of God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave, and he was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God, and he died a criminal's death on a what? You know how Jesus kept from having ego? He remembered why he was here. He remembered why he was here. He was here for the cross. Because what did the cross represent? It represented you and it represented me. 
and you were worth giving up all he could have had. The enemy tempted him with it, right? The 40 days of temptation. But he said, no, my mission's too big. We gotta get our minds right. Second, right there in your outline, we gotta tap into our strengths. Gotta tap into my strengths. Not everybody is good at everything, but I'm good at something. There's something you are uniquely created to do that nobody else can do like you. Look at how Paul says it in Romans 12. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with his body, Christ's body, the church. We're many parts of one body. We all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for certain things, for doing certain things well, meaning he has uniquely wired you to be good at something Somebody else may not good at, but when you get together, dude, it just functions. It just functions. It just works. So here we are as a church. When one person doesn't play the role that God created them for, the church suffers. Because you're not in your spot. You're not in your position. Well, Mike, how do I... How do I find my strengths? There's three ways. There are little blanks for it. One's personality. How's God put you together, right? What's your personality? So this was something I wrote in my notes this week as I was going through this. Some of you are like front door parking lot people. Like you love to greet people. We host small groups at my house all the time and it's a running joke in my group that I always am out in the driveway helping to park cars. They laugh at me, they make fun of me, which is rude, but they do. They're always like, Mike's in the driveway, like we don't know where to park. Well, I'm not there to park them. I'm there to hug their neck, make sure they don't drive in my grass. But anyways, so I am out there for selfish reasons, but I love, I'm, I, I like that, right? I like to say hello. I like to hug people's necks. Some people are living room people. They're just good Man, they just like one-on-one conversations. They like loving on people well. And then there's kitchen people. Kitchen people are the people you don't even know they're there. They just make it happen. They just make it work. They're in the kitchen. They're getting things ready. So how many of you in the room are married? Raise your hand if you're married, okay? How many of you married somebody who's an opposite of you? Raise your hand. Oh, yeah. So you know the, the phrase, opposites attract, then opposites attack, all right? And so it's a, the thing that drew you to the person drives you crazy a little bit later about them. So Ann and I met at Liberty. We are both kids when we met. And one of the things, Ann's quieter by nature, and one of her favorite things about me is she never had to worry about meeting people because everywhere I go, I like talking. That's what caused her to fall. I know it was, you thought it was my looks. But anyways, that's what, that's what caused her to fall in love with me. And about a year after marriage, you know what drove her nuts? Is I talked all the time. We're in New York City. I was out there for a speaking engagement in New York City. And I'm in an elevator talking to people in the elevator in New York City. She's like, this isn't appropriate. This isn't appropriate, right? And then we're on the subway and she's like, if they have headphones in, they don't want to speak to you, all right? And so I didn't understand that. And it was just, we're opposites, right? We drove to Orlando a couple years ago. 
she did not say a word from Atlanta to Orlando. We got to Orlando, pulled in the hotel. She goes, did we not just have the best day? <laughs> I'm like, in what world was that a great day? She's like, well, we just got to be together. I had to pull over at rest stops for oxygen. I had to talk to people. I just introduced myself. So which personality's right? I mean, I know mine is. But anyways, what personality's right? Well, both of them are, right? God created us all with different personalities to do different things. If you only had front door and you never had somebody in the kitchen, what are you inviting them over for? You need it all. You need living room. You need people. It's our personality. Second, it's our past. Sometimes it's how God's used us in the past. And then there's our passions. They're the things that we love to do. They get us going. They fire us up. But God's uniquely gifted you to do something. So, everybody to pause. Look in the seat back in front of you. If you're on the front row in all our rooms, the cards were on your seats. I want everybody to pull out that little card that says find your position. Everybody, this is a universal yeah you thing. All right, there's a QR code on there. If you'd prefer to do it on your phone, that's totally fine. I want you to take a second and I want you to just fill out the information. This is for everybody. Even if we don't commit to do something later, that's totally fine. We want your information because we're updating database and all that kind of stuff. I want you to pull it out. Write your name on there, write your email on there, your cell phone number, whatever it is, and you can just pause there. I have been blessed to have been at North Star through every season of North Star. We've had some winning seasons and we've had some tough seasons. We've been there in, in, the, in the seasons of North Star when everybody wanted to be here. <laughs> we had some seasons where I'm just thankful people showed up. I've never felt like I feel right now. I believe we're entering our greatest season as a church. I want everybody to look at me. I want you to fill out your car. I want you to look at me. But what can get accomplished is going to depend on number three, who gets on the field. I got to step on the field. Talented people who don't use it and they just sit, don't move us forward. Listen, I'm pumped to speak to all these teams coming up, but the reality is at the end of the day, when the season's over, it's going to be okay. Ladies and gentlemen, eternity hangs in the balance on our season. God created the church, the global church, to be there for people to point them home. So I help coach a local high school baseball team 
and we kept having this kid. He hung out outside our dugout every game two years ago. Every game. He's leaning on the dugout. He's probably 6'4", 6'5", lanky, long kid, and all the kids would talk about him. He was, uh, he was playing in an independent travel league. He was going to be a senior like they were. One of them had played with him somewhere, and I'm like, what's, what's this kid's name? And they gave me his name. So I went home and did something I should have never done. I looked him up. He was 94, 95 miles an hour, and you're like, is that good? Uh, yeah. He was a senior. He was at every game, standing behind our fence, like this, watching the game. He wasn't in our district. He didn't play for us. The best pitcher we had never threw an inning because he didn't have a uniform on. He couldn't get on the field. Were there times I thought about giving him one of our Benches, bench kids' uniforms? Yes. Mike, that's not Christian. Don't judge me. I did think about it, all right? He never helped us win a game. He's a great kid. He got drafted. Top five rounds. Never threw an inning for the team he watched every game. Wasn't on the field. He couldn't contribute. Ladies and gentlemen, I will be just be as kind and honest and loving as I can. If North Star's home for you, I need to get your uniform dirty. The bench is no fun. I've been, I've sat the bench. The bench is no fun. The fun's in the game. Everybody look at me. We need. I remember our first year as a church, very first service, 365 people showed up. We are trying to get chairs from everywhere. We were overwhelmed how many people showed up. And we're running around, we're scrambling. Well, the Speaker of the House of Representatives at that time was attending our first service. So the Secret Service, we, our volunteers didn't know that. Secret Service all over the room. This is our very first church service. Secret Service guys are all over the room and they're just standing there. And one of our volunteers ran up to him and said, dude, are you gonna help us or not? I'm like, that probably shouldn't have been said. But anyway, so the guy didn't look. But why? Everybody was pitching in. I need you to pitch in. Mike, who loses if I don't? Others, Paul tells us in Romans 12. Everybody look at me, and you. The purpose God created you for is found on the other side of serving. Last service, we were blown away what God did. And I think this one's going to be bigger. I thought the future of North Star was going to be incredible. I know it will be because people are going, yeah, put me in, coach. I'm ready. Jeffrey Melvin on our team is heading up this passion of getting everybody in their right spot 
on the field. Jeffrey, talk to everybody. Uh, so I was one of those families uh, that walked into North Star uh, a few years ago from Austin, Texas, broken. Um, our family just needed, needed North Star. And because of you greeting at the door, um, serving my kids in student ministry, loving us, pouring us a cup of coffee, God used North Star to radically change the season of life we were living in. Um, and we're watching. I mean, the room is packed. There are more and more people walking through our doors um, that are in that same position. And most of you never even know what you were doing, but God used you. Um, we're ready to get you in the game with that. Uh, Mike mentioned the card. Uh, everybody filled it out. Uh, we would love to help you find your place. Um, at the bottom, it says serve at North Star. Um, and we're just asking everybody to check one of those boxes. Maybe you're already serving. Maybe you're interested in serving and, and not currently serving. Our goal is we will be in touch with you by noon tomorrow. Uh, there are over 75 different ways you can serve at North Star. Not all on Sunday mornings and not all in a baby room. All right? That's what everybody's thinking. They're going to stick me in the baby room. <laughs> you can. We need you. We want you. Uh, but there are opportunities all across the campus all week. So we'd love to get you to do that. If you are a front door person, if you are Mike Lynch, there are people out in the lobby at booths that you can go and talk to about it. Hug their neck. If you are like Ann and you're a kitchen, you prefer to be in the kitchen, just fill out the card, drop it in the igloo coolers on the way out the door today or use the QR code. Um, but our goal is to help change your life as you're changing other people's lives. Um, and I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for what you did for my family. I'm excited to see future. Mm. Can I pray for us? Be awesome. Can I pray? I'm going to pray over you. Uh, join me. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for North Star. I thank you for the amazing people who have stepped up and said yes, um, who are part of changing people's lives. And God, I pray all across this room God, I pray that you begin to stir in our hearts. God, build a passion for us to continue to serve others. God, we, we are a part of something unique and something special in this season of North Star. And God, as we position ourselves, God, we're going to begin praying for the people who are coming in the door. Mm. We're going to begin lifting up and encouraging uh, the people who are serving because they are the front lines of helping people experience you. God, we also thank you for people who have faithfully served for the past 25 years. God, we thank you for who they are and the lives they represent. Um, and God, we're excited about the new people stepping up to carry through the next 25 years. We love you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray, amen.